Not sure what sports are provided in Calgary? Sport Calgary Sport Directory will help you find the sport and organization that's right for you. Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Canadian Pacific was founded in 1881 and was formed to physically unite Canada and Canadians from coast to coast. Today, CP is a transcontinental railway in North America, providing rail services to key markets in every corner of the globe. Giving back to the communities they operate through is important for CP. Since 2014, their focus has been on cardiac health. Through their CP Has Heart program, CP has helped raise over $23.3 million for cardiac causes across North America. Physical activity is very important to heart health. CP is proud to sponsor Goals for Kids with the Calgary Flames, a program which benefits minor hockey, Calgary, and kids sport. For each home goal by the Flames, CP donates $500. Since 2007, CP has donated over $215,000 to kids sport. CP would like to remind everyone listening that February is Heart Month and encourage everyone to stay active, eat healthy, and have fun. Sport Calgary presents the Face First Podcast with your hosts, Alicia Rissling and Grace Defoe. And here they are sliding right on in, Grace and Alicia. Welcome back to the Face First Podcast. My name is Alicia Rissling and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Grace Defoe. And we have a very exciting guest for you today. I feel like we say this every time, but this one's like extra special Mm -hmm. um, because uh, uh, Maria Sampson is a good friend of ours, a kids support ambassador, among many other accomplishments that I am going to read right now. But (laughs) Maria has an engineering degree from McGill. She, in 2012, was the top female rugby player in Canada. She competed on Canada's Smartest Person. And she's also actively involved with the rugby community, with Rugby Canada, and the Mount Royal men's rugby team as the head coach. She also represented Canada at the 2014 Women's Rugby World Cup, where they won silver. And this team has actually been recently inducted into the Rugby Canada Hall of Fame. So welcome, Maria. Um, thanks, thanks for coming. Thank you so much. It's so weird to hear you call me Maria and not MJ, I have to admit. <laughs> Yes, it is a little weird to say. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, So first off, it's very exciting. Um, I just saw the other day on Facebook that, uh, as I said, your 2014 team has been inducted into the Rugby Canada Hall of Fame. So what, we'll just jump straight to the gun. Like, what was it when, what was it like when you found that out? Uh, Wild, obviously. Um, 2014 doesn't seem like that long ago, but at the same time, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but when I just think about the the accomplishment of that team and, um, you know, on the 15 side that we're really so unique in how far we got, um, how we got there, uh, it just, it, 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 it's really surreal. It brings back a lot of memories from 2014, uh, but very cool and very excited. I mean, obviously for myself, the teammates and staff um, to be recognized in, in such a special way. That's amazing. I remember that's about the time that we met each other when we were training back at Rev. Like that, that's a time that you were at the top of your game, if you will say, but still battling all your knee injuries and everything. Where was the tournament there, the world championships that year when you guys? Uh, they were in, they were in France. Yeah. So most of our pool right. games were in uh, Marcoussi and then uh, the final was right in Paris, which we got a police escort to. It was so fun. Like it's just. <laughs> Was, you know, it's all the things that should happen for a world event. Um, but when it's your first World Cup and you're getting 
like there's traffic and there's like policemen on motorcycles that are escorting you through traffic to get to the final. It's just wicked. And and those little things are, are actually like the best memories, I think. I can only imagine. Um, so how did they tell you guys they were getting inducted into the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, I think for me, it was a little unique because I sit on the board of Rugby Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, they actually go through the board in order to be approved. Um, and so when the list came through, I was like, you know, fully supportive of four of those, but obviously <laughs> can't vote, um, or have a say, uh, for my own team. I think that would be a conflict of interest. So, so I had a sneak peek. Um, so, so I've been excited for a long time thinking about when it was going to come out and, you know, only sharing with, uh, my husband, Mozak, as you guys know very well, um, him as well, that it just kind of like, guess what? <laughs> so, so when it came out on Facebook, I was like, oh, finally I can stop keeping this secret. And it's too bad though, that we're, you're getting this inductee like during a COVID time. So what's the celebration or how are they, is it going to be virtual or how are you guys what would good it normally question. be like, I guess, at dinner? Good question. So normally it would be at um, the, the Rugby Canada has an annual award ceremony, like same place where I got my 2012 uh, Player of the Year. There's a ceremony every year. Um, and so I'm sure there would have been something there. And uh, last year, actually, what they did with the, the other team that got inducted, the 2013 Sevens World Cup team, um, they were down on the field at BC Place during the Sevens tournament. So it was very mm-hmm. apropos that they were there. Um, to get that recognition. So I, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. Um, they, they've kept me in the dark about that one. <laughs> At least something will be a, will be a surprise, I guess. But let's, let's rewind a little bit. I feel like we jumped the gun right away because it's, it is hot news, but talk to us a little bit about kind of, you know, growing up and your sport, sport participation when you were growing up. And I feel like you have a lot of interesting stories to share here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was the epitome of sport sampling, I would say. I, you know, horseback rode, I did a little bit of um, jazz ballet. I think I did a week of gymnastics. Um, whole week. <laughs> whole week, yeah, whole week. I was really good at all the stuff that involved abs, um, but not so much in the flexibility department. <laughs> then, um, like in elementary school, so in Quebec, it's elementary is grades well, uh, K through six. And we didn't really have a lot of organized sports. We had, you know, gym class where we did a whole bunch of um, fun stuff. But it was really once I got to grade seven in high school. Um, so my first team sporting experience was actually playing on the boys football team in high school in grade seven. And then uh, apparently that summer I told my mom, you know, you're gonna have to drive me to football practice because it starts a week early. And she was like, yes, yes, dear. And then <laughs> a week before school, I was like, hey, mom, drive me to football practice. And she was like, Oh, you were serious. Um, but she, did. she, you know, picked me up uh, every day when there wasn't late buses. Um, you know, mom of the year every year, I would say. And uh, so pretty lucky there. And then uh, played basketball, played rugby in high school. I mean, nothing. I played sports because it was fun. It was cool to make friends. Um, also was to balance out my academics that were very strong. Um, it, it gave me a release because uh, back then it wasn't be, it wasn't cool to be female athletic and smart uh so i got teased quite a bit on those fronts uh totally worth it now that i look back on it um but yeah that was kind of the you know younger younger years elementary to uh high school and when did you first get introduced to rugby uh so rugby was 95 oh god that sounds like so long ago uh grade grade seven or eight um and so it was actually our football coach uh uh, Mr. D, uh, Dave Donaldson, who um, 
wanted to to have a sport for the the young women in high school in the spring. It was a spring sport at the time. And so he got, you know, like a rugby for dummies book. And I was like, I'm going to teach these girls. And we were super athletic, like farm town. So just like a bunch of uh, a bunch of hard-nosed females on a team together. Um, so, so that's how I originally got into the into the sport. But again, just totally for fun. Didn't even know there was a Canadian team or anything like that. Just uh, totally naive on the on the sports scene. Well, then, how did so? How, if you didn't know much about it when you got into it, did you immediately just fall in love with it? What was it that had you pursue? Did you get invited or recruited to bigger camps to university? Yeah, so I'm probably an anomaly in the sense that I, um, so playing in high school, like not really know, really know what was going on, just playing for fun and was like, cool, like I know how to tackle in football. So I'm just going to like bring that um, to the rugby field. So I think I had an advantage there. And then when I went to um, CJAP, so like college in Quebec, I actually played um, basketball. Um, so I ended up being like a walk-on onto the varsity team and played um, many years there. I did a, a nice victory lap. And at university, um, and then played like Columbia University in the summer because I was like, what else am I going to do for the summer? Um, did a couple years of semi-pro women's contact football in Montreal with the Montreal Blitz, which was lots of fun. And then like in university, I played like first year varsity and I think last year varsity um, and then was on co-ops in between. So I played like social rugby in uh, Windsor, Ontario, in here in Calgary and in Fort McMurray where I met my now husband, uh, Mozak, and father of two, two, two children. <laughs> two <Baby more> children. <laughs> yeah, or only two children. Um, and and then once I moved to Calgary, like I started playing again club rugby, and all of a sudden, like some of my teammates went to the 2010 World Cup, and I was like, oh, like I can be as good as them. Like so so egotistical, so confident, like all that stuff. She's been like, I can be good enough, and then uh, like really started trying. I would say. Uh, very near there and made the made the team in 2011 so my route is weird like I got my first cap at 28 total late bloomer but I'm a product of community sport like like through and through was never like I got like identified when I was I think you know 17 or 18 on a under 19 team but it was like a summer tournament that I went for fun to go play in Toronto like it wasn't I it nothing ever came of it other than me being like that was cool <laughs> and my name was <laughs> in a magazine somewhere so yeah I'm uh, I'm a big fan of community sports I'm a big fan of of athletes falling in love with their sport before they before they want to make it big okay so you got your first cap at 28 that's that's like that's crazy to me and I, I think it's so beautiful because I love the 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 naivety, I guess, is the word that like, oh, my teammates can do that, so I can do it. Like, why why wouldn't I? That's just it's just such an incredible story to me, and and I just find that athletes like that are just they're mind blowing because it's just like you almost have to be like too unaware of of the politic of sport and everything about it to be able to to make it. So kudos to you. Yeah. And then what is it? Two years later, you're player of the year. Yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, it was actually pretty wild because in 2008, when I moved to, to um, Alberta and I went to play with the, the Alberta team, um, like didn't get selected, somebody got a concussion. So then I got, you know, brought on the trip, traveling reserve back to Montreal, like in front of my old old teammates and like never put on a jersey. So I was like, oh, well, well okay, I'll we'll just come back next year and see what happens. Like cool trip to be able to go home. 
Um, so like even on top of that and then being like, all right, like I'll start trying harder because I do want to play. I don't want to be on the sidelines. So yeah, 2011 first cap, 2012 player of the year, like four years earlier, literally not even good enough to put on a jersey at the provincial level. So if you, if you if you want to be it, you can do it. Perseverance yeah, no failure into extraordinary achievement is my favorite quote. So, wow, that is uh, that's a mic drop right there with that quote. Um, <laughs> I just have to like rewind a second because there's something that I didn't know about you, and it's about the semi-pro football thing. Like, I want to hear more about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the Montreal Blitz. Oh my God, when would they have started? Two thousand and. Gosh, I can't even think of what year it'd be, maybe three or four. And um, so they played in the uh, IW International Women's Football League, IWFL, I think is what it was called at the time. I don't even know if it's called that anymore. And I know the team, the Montreal Blitz still still exists. Um, but yeah, like I showed up, I think it was year two in their existence. And I, you know, had five years of of um high school with football under my belt so i came in like knowing everything i played middle middle linebacker fullback like was on everything a special team team captain and like first year ended up being like um team mvp but it was it was super fun because it was it was similar to rugby in, in terms of like people could come into it late so you had athletes from other sports you had moms who were like just like wanted to try a different sport um you know all different sizes you know running backs wide receivers uh, you know, linebackers, linemen. Um, so there was kind of room for everyone. And yeah, we traveled like in the uh, Northeast um, US, uh, New York, Boston, Maine to go, you know, play different teams. It was actually really fun. I played two years. I played like one year and then I think I was off a couple of years and then came back another year after a co-op. So it was, uh, it was fun. I still have a Montreal Bits football helmet somewhere in the house. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, you mentioned travel quite a bit. Where where has sport taken you? You've been I know you've been all over the world. You just talked about France. Where where are some of the other cool places that you've got to go? Yeah, so France. Fran, I mean, yeah, France is number one on the list. Um, uh, U.S. We've been to a bunch of times. Uh, England. We went to for a pre World Cup camp, like in 2013, which we stayed in like this like <laughs> we called it prison. Uh, but it was, it was like a, a, I don't know, like a UK army base. It was so bizarre. Um, and then we went to uh, New Zealand was another one that we went to. It was super fun. Uh, a couple places that we stayed there, like right beachfront, um, which sounds posh, but it was uh, it, it, women's 15s tours at the time when I went on them were, were probably lower budget than they um, are now. So it's good things. Things are trending in the right direction, uh, but we certainly had some sketchy accommodations i would say <laughs> in certain tours yeah um on the topic of of women's accommodations um there's a big movement especially in the last couple of years especially this year i'd say um recently there was a bunch of controversy about the women's ncaa tournament and their weight room versus the equipment that the men got and mj i remember back when you guys were really good when you, like back in you know 2013 era ish um, and I remember that you were fighting because you guys couldn't even get carded. Uh, do you want to talk maybe a little bit about the inequality between the teams? Cause I remember at the time the men's team program definitely wasn't as strong as you guys. And there is definitely some discrepancy there. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, first things first is we've come a long way. Um, and, and that does deserve recognition. Um, but it's not enough. 
and you raised kind of the NCAA tournament and the, and the videos that are going on there. And I love some of the, you know, really prominent coaches and players that have been speaking up about, you know, it's not even the fact that the weight rooms are different. It's that the fact that somebody thought that that was okay. Um, Cause it's totally not right. And lots of discussions around, um, you know, disparity in pay between professional sports, men's and women's, or, you know, amateur women's and professional men's. And I think we get, we get raised in a world where we think that um, men's sport is the epitome of sport. And, and, you know, I have friends who say, you know, I'd much rather watch a men's game. And it's like, but you've been raised that way, you know, mm-hmm. start thinking that that's not okay. And start thinking that, um, women's sport is, is just as exciting and and you know it, it's very abrasive but when people start talking about gender um you can you can really push back um using other types of um discriminatory things right so if you know somebody says and 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 again very abrasive somebody can say you know oh, let's split into boys versus girls and you go oh no let's split by race and they're going, oh, my God, you can't do that. And we're like, that's right, you can't. And you also shouldn't be doing split by gender when you're talking about, you know, certain things where gender isn't isn't a play. So anyway, going back to your to your original question, um, we fought really hard. And in 2015 was the first year where we didn't have to pay to play at all. Um, and so that was that was a big deal. And now, even though there's no tours on right now, actually, mm-hmm. all four teams, so women's sevens, uh, women's 15, men's sevens, men's 15s, if they did go on tour, um, they would all get equal um, uh, equal pay for their performance. Um, so, you know, wow. their weekly stipend would be the same. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten to that point because yeah. um, the pandemic, the pandemic kind of showed up about a year ago, but that was something that um, Rugby Canada instituted, I guess, about a year ago now, which is incredible, but we just haven't had the time to to celebrate it. And there's still disparity, don't get me wrong, with the amount of funding, but we're we're working towards it. And I think there's a big mentality shift that has to happen at every level of sport um, to say that it's that it's not okay to not be the same. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you're a parent now, so I mean, you have been through the last little bit, and now a, a new addition. I'm wondering, like, you're talking about kids growing up with, you know, sports on the TV. What are you going to be doing to promote women's sports to your kids? Um, I think I, I think I'm just going to promote sport. I hope. Um, I would love to say that I won't have to with my son to say that at any point that, you know, women's sport is, you know, just as good at men's sport. I, I hope I hope someday I have to convince him that men's sport is just as good as women's sport. <laughs> um, um, you know what, Grace, like I haven't thought about that a lot. I think I think we're really we're really cognizant about um, gender roles and gender terms, I think, with the kids. Um, even though they're very young, but it's something that Mozak and I work on because we want to make sure that we don't slip up um, when they're older. So I don't know. I think I hope Makoa sees a, a you know a strong, powerful mom, and that that um, influences him to have a, a lot of um, respect and admiration for other females. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a great answer, and I have no doubt that you guys will crush it because you guys are incredible people. But um and I mean look we're interviewing the reason we're interviewing you first no I'm kidding (laughs) over Mozak um sorry Mozak uh I mean you just look at your list of accomplishments and I mean 
also just all the great stuff you've done now going back to rugby Canada on the board, coaching the Mount Royal men's team. Um, you're doing great things in sport and I have no doubt that they will both see that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you about MJ with that I was just so fascinated about was you went back and did your MBA um, while you were still working full-time, correct? And coaching. Yeah. Uh, how, like, as a, as a person, you know, who uh, personally has had to work on my time management, how did you do that? Like, what, how did you sort out your priorities from day to day to be able to get all those things done? I know you, you were doing your MBA mostly remote, but then you had to go to, yeah. to Queens, correct? Yeah. So I have a couple screws loose is probably the right answer to yeah. that. Um, so yeah, I did the executive MBA through Queens via their game plan scholarship um, and did it, um, I guess it was over a six month period of time, working full time, coaching uh, at this at during for what, four months of that. Mozak was gone playing pro in Seattle. Um, so then I, I had to do more than my share of um, house and cooking, which I don't particularly enjoy in the first place. But I think a lot of it, I mean, to be honest, a lot, not that my my mother is the best at time management, but she's an incredible example of putting what she wants to do first. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even with uh, Matt leave, like I took two months with Makoa, well, eight weeks. So I took two months with Makoa, two months with Malia and went back to work, you know, full time right after. And, and Mozak is on parental leave now. And it's just a matter of like, it was, I'm a better, I'm a better working mom than I am a stay at home mom. So when I have other things to fill my plate, I find I'm much better um, in other points of my life. So I wouldn't say I'm good at time management. I just... <laughs> I can like crush a lot of work in a small amount of time, I think. So it's just about grinding, right? Being an athlete and just like grinding it out and having to do it at certain times. Um, and on my MBA specifically, shout out to kind of my my team, a Savvy Six, that there are six of us who are like totally different individuals that got put together on a team um, and, and really challenge each other to be better people. Um, not only just to survive through the program, but come out better people on the other side. So yeah, time management is not my best. I'm a big person about lists. Like I have a list on my phone. There's like a random list of paper that has a list. I have a list on what lists I need to make. Um, I, really <laughs> love, I love checking things off. So like podcast after today, I'll be like, boom, check, done. And there's a satisfaction there that it gets done. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Grace listed your list of accomplishments as well. What are you doing full-time right now? What is your, what's your role? Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, so I work for an oil and gas company here in the city and I'm a joint venture manager. So I do a lot of um, commercial negotiations essentially and uh, working from home in the pandemic, which I don't mind. We have a good setup here. I've worked from home um, kind of full-time in the past in a previous job. Um, so that's been good. And then, um, you know, ramping up with Rugby Canada stuff. I think we're trying to get a lot of paperwork in order. I'm the chair of the governance committee. We just, um, uh, you know, went through a whole nominations process, which we have never done before, having a nominations committee for new board members. So really involved in a in a process and policy level there. And then, um, you know, Mount Royal and, and my club, the Calgary Saints, supporting there as I can, as I need to, um, given that with the pandemic, there's not a lot going on at this moment. Yeah, that was my next question. So are you still coaching or like, are they planning on playing an outdoor season? Is there anything going on with that? 
Yeah, so with the Saints, we got really lucky last year. We put on, I think, nine weeks of non-contact. Um, so so touch rugby. Uh, I think we had, gosh, like 130 athletes from ages seven to like adults. Obviously, like all split up in their different cohorts. Um, but we got like 50% of our membership to sign up in a in a in a COVID world, which is incredible. No cases, full protocols, you know people doing daily attestation, signing in, um, and, and, uh, hand sanitizer and all that stuff. So that was incredible. So they're thinking, um, rugby Alberta is thinking we'll be able to do something similar kind of starting in the end of April, which would be wicked. Um, unfortunately with, uh, Mount Royal university, we didn't get a chance to get on the field at all in the fall. We're hoping for a fall season. Um, and one of the other hats I wear is, is being on the, um, two board, two kind of committees. One is the Canadian university men's rugby championship committee. And then another committee that is basically applying to, or has applied to U sport, um, to get men's 15s as a varsity sport. So that was a lot of work. Um, and the decision is, is only going to be made in 2022, but it's, uh, it's a lot of prep work. So I hope, I hope we get a season with Mount Royal. Um, you know, a lot of those guys have, gosh, become like family over the few years. Um, and so my heart goes out to the ones that are graduating this year and didn't get a final year, but, um, you know, we'll do our best. And, and, and I, I know some of those guys will stick around as alumni too, to just try to stay involved. So <laughs> what happens when you keep a, a close knit community so close and everybody wants to do their share and be a part and give back. So, yeah, I mean, Makoa had his first steps at a Mount Royal rugby meeting of course he did you know of course yeah 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 well I mean I just can't wait to be in your house number one when we're all vaccinated and and COVID's over and we can all hang out because I mean I just miss I miss those times when you could all hang out and you know the men's rugby guys were at your baby shower I'm pretty sure (laughs) I know I know this is what's weird right so you know with Makoa having a prager kegger and then um which was awesome yeah. yeah, and then having a sip and see when he was born, and then a kegger for his first birthday. I mean, we're not like massive drinkers, but we like to have people over. Yeah. And then poor Malia, you know, there's been um, not as much fanfare, I would say. Um, but Mozak and I realized, I think, through this whole process that, well, first of all, we love each other. Like, that's obvious. We love spending time with each other. And, you know, I can't remember a time when we were able to go, like, on an hour-long walk together every day to go pick up um, you know, Makoa from daycare or just, there's just so much incredible family time. And I've been very fortunate. I, I feel like during the pandemic, you know, mel- welcoming a new baby, everybody being healthy, um, you know, stress of Mozak being a paramedic and being on the front lines for sure. But having the opportunity to, to have so much almost forced family time, Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really appreciate it. But I also miss you guys. <laughs> I miss our games nights. Um, uh, you know, Christmas potluck, missing that stuff. So it, it, yeah. it's a totally different world right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it has pluses and minuses. But for me, I think for the Samsons, we've had a lot more pluses through it than than even we deserve. Yeah. And I mean, looking at and talking about all the stuff you've done through the last, say, 10 years through sport and how busy you've been, I'm sure it is very nice for you two to just like chillax and spend time with you and the kids. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's very nice. Although I'll say the, the month of like February and beginning of March was a little bit nuts in terms of how busy it was and how many conference calls we had in the evening, one or the other, both of us together. So there's still a lot of busy, but yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's been fun. Amazing. 
Um, well, I'm sure that we are going to hear your name, MJ, in the city of Calgary and the sport of rugby war because it seems like you just keep dominating everything you do. And <laughs> you've always been a big role model for me. And I miss our, our ninja class days and our, our training workout days. And I certainly don't miss the days that people were betting on who would win if we tried to tackle each other. Um, <laughs> Or the bicep, or the um, yeah. flex. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the flex Fridays. Yeah, flex Fridays. I still have biceps, um, but I would say that in a taco competition today, I'm sure that both of you would easily take me down. <laughs> I'm sure the biceps are big because Mako is so big and you got to carry him around all the time. Oh, yeah, man. You got to do curls with the babies. That's the only yeah. way that they stay, that they stay right, for sure. <laughs> I love it. Well, keep up... Uh, uh, all the, the work you do for our sporting community and, and we're so sure lucky to have you around and, and look up to you and congratulations on being inducted to the Hall of Fame. It's uh, incredible. Thank you so much, guys. It's so great to catch up with you guys. Yeah, and thank you yeah. for joining us on our podcast. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> all right. Okay, thank you. We miss you. <laughs> miss you, too. Uh, thanks so much. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. All right, we forgot to talk about one thing. So, MJ, how did you get involved with kids sport? Uh, Dana, who's now the ED at uh, Kids Sport Edmonton, I basically just reached out over email. I was like, "Ooh, kids sport! Ooh, like this looks fun." Uh, did some research, and then you know started hearing. Um, reading more, hearing more about kind of the work that Kidsport does in terms of, um, you know, getting getting sport into the hands of everybody, um, which I think, you know, even if they don't have the financial means, I think is really neat. And it it it, it speaks to my heart. Um, but, you know, meaning Mozak and I met in, with Dana, I think it was in 2014, we went to a Tim Hortons and she was like, you know, tell me, tell me why you want to be involved in Kidsport. And, you know, we went on this long long, long, great chat about, you know, what sport has done for us. And when I think of any, any characteristic generally that I admire in someone or in myself or, you know, in my family, a lot of it has come from sport, you know, being able to face adversity, being able to win with grace, um, being able to, you know, work as a team, all that stuff is like learning that at, at an early age. And I just think of, I was so fortunate as a child that I was like, Hey mom, drive me to football practice. And she was like, yep on it. And you know, when I think of kids that maybe don't have that, their, their mom is working, you know, who knows a late shift and can't bring them or they don't have money for a vehicle to bring them to sport or they don't have money for the fees. And I just think sport just does so has done so much for me um, that if there's a very small part that I can do, to support kids sport and, you know, hopefully help with exposing, you know, kids to, to sports that they wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to be exposed to, then, you know, I'm all in kind of thing. That's great. And I'm pretty sure the reason I joined kids sport is because when I joined the gym where you and Mozak were training, I just saw that all these people were with kids sport and I was like, well, clearly that's what I need to be involved in. And I just wanted to come to all these awesome events. So that leads me to the question. Yeah. What's your favorite kids sport event? <laughs> oh boy. Favorite kids sport event. Um, I mean, obviously being a pizza pickup champion is like way <laughs> high up there. 
on Ooh. my list. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I apparently tied with Jordan, John Cornish, I don't know. I, I demolished him in pizza eating. Um, and then Mozak <laughs> won back to back two years in a row, I think, or some, something like that. I don't know. Mozak won something. So Pizza Pickle is way up there. Um, I uh, I actually, and, and Pizza Pig Out is, well, it's a lot of pizza eating, um, but you don't get kind of like as much like one-on-one mingling time to get to really talk about kids sport. So I'd have to say probably some of my favorite events um, are actually the, the, the golf tournaments that, um, you know, give back to kids sport because you get incredible one-on-one time with, um, with people being able to talk about kids sport and talk about your experiences and probably a little bit more formalized being able to talk about, you know, the impact that people can have by supporting kids sport. So I think I, I like those, I like the smaller events. Um, and then obviously target for kids, Brian Burke's target for kids, um, which is kind of similar to a, um, uh, a golf tournament in the sense that you have like, you know, five people working together and you get like really good one-on-one or, you know, one-on-one, one on team time to talk about kids sport and all the incredible things that, um, that it does. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. How many people have we had on this podcast that have said targets for kids is their favorite? (laughs) I mean, it's personally fun. Like shooting a gun is fun. Um, I I did finish top three, uh, you know, no big deal. Um, but yeah, it's fun. And that raises a lot of money in a very short amount of time. Um, so yeah, it's cool. We at Sport Calgary like to stay active in person and online. Be sure to follow us at Sport Calgary on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. On all Calgary Flames games days, home and away, you can participate in the Calgary Flames Foundation 50-50 draws online. Go to www.calgaryflames.com slash 50-50 to purchase your raffle tickets and watch the jackpot grow every Flames game day. Tickets are available from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Funds are directed to Southern Alberta charities, including the Calgary Flames Sports Bank and Flames Even Strength Program. Let's get into the game and support the Calgary Flames Foundation. Chance to win big. And the winner could be you. Must be over 18 and in Alberta to purchase. License number 570062.